attention, please. This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive 3 until 6 p.m. weekdays on the Sports Hub. I love it. It's brilliant. Mina Kimes of ESPN wrote a long, thoughtful profile story on Zion Williamson today. And what dawned on me many different times throughout reading it is just how little we actually know about who Zion is. With all the media coverage, the cameras, the tweets, Instagram, the rest of social media, it's really amazing how much we don't know about the person more than the basketball player we all marveled at watching at Duke this past year. And I've covered plenty of Zion's games this year. I feel like the story does a very good job of capturing what it was like to be around Zion at Duke during the NCAA tournament. It talks from the angle of Spartanburg, South Carolina at Spartanburg Day before he arrived to Cameron in Mike Krzyzewski's program. And one thing I think people need to realize who loathe the Zion coverage who are probably thinking to themselves, oh, here we go again, Josh talking about Zion Williamson, they keep beating me over the head with this, is that Zion hasn't asked for this. Zion does not seek out the spotlight. He is such a talent that we covet Zion coverage. We really do. Even if you say you loathe it, Most people want to see what this guy is up to, and we've been this way since he was a sophomore or junior in high school when Drake's wearing his jersey at a concert. Think about how crazy that is, that Drake's wearing a Spartanburg Day number 12 red Zion jersey when he's a junior in high school. He did not seek out this, and he hasn't since he's left Duke, even when he was at Duke. He didn't do television interviews. He didn't participate in this story. This story was supposed to be ESPN, the magazine cover. It was supposed to be LeBron James sitting in a throne, the chosen one, Sports Illustrated cover. That's what this was supposed to be. And I don't feel like it is a part of the news cycle, or at least as much as it would be, because Zion Williamson didn't participate. His quotes weren't in there. He declined comment. His family declined comment. And this shouldn't surprise anybody because throughout the season, when we covered Duke, before games, we'd go to practice and we'd talk to Javin Delorier, R.J. Barrett. They, They gave us a lot of guys. The player they never gave us was Zion. Because Zion, he felt like he got enough attention. He didn't want more than he had to... Uh, already get he didn't want to add to the attention so in previewing games the players who got television and radio time who were featured in print stories it wasn't Zion it was RJ it was Javin it was other players that was all done intentionally and since the season has ended we haven't seen Zion doing the circuit of interviews going all over the place appearing with brand names on a polo shirt, doing interviews, doing the car wash on ESPN. He could if he wanted to. He hasn't. And I think that's worth noting. He he wasn't very available, like I mentioned, during the season. We haven't seen him on commercials yet. He waited to announce he was going pro because he wanted to get through all the awards, all the things that he was up for after the season, and he didn't want to be a distraction from the awards process. That's why Zion did that. That's why he waited longer. Well, everybody knew he was going to be the number one pick, and there was nothing left for Duke to offer him. This is the same guy who stayed in his own backyard rather than going to a big prep school to play basketball. He stayed at Spartanburg Day, even though most guys in his position would have gone and played at the big prep school. Towards the end of the story, Mike Krzyzewski was talking about that, said that 
it was unbelievably important for him as a person to stay in that environment. Today, he looks at it as a place where students treated him like a human being. And that's really what Zion craved. He just wanted to be another guy in that locker room. His personality is infectious. It's great to be around. It was a lot of fun. It was great for us to cover. I enjoyed every minute of it. But looking back on it, I do feel like his personality was almost a shield for him. He was fun. He was polite. He was respectful every single time we spoke with him. He was measured. He was smart. He had big picture perspective. He understood when there were landmines. Gotcha questions being thrown his way. And when he was asked those questions, he was often deferential. When he was asked about his own amazing feats, he was deferential. When he was asked about the dunks, remember that? I asked Zion about his dunks, how he would rate uh, rate it 1 to 10. He deferred to R.J. Barrett. Hey, R.J., what do you think? And that became the thing all throughout the year. He wouldn't rate his own dunks. He let R.J. Barrett do it. Every time he did media interviews, he would not conduct his post-game interview at his locker without walk-on Mike Buckmeyer next to him. He didn't want to do it by himself. And he also wanted Mike Buckmeyer to get some face time too. A very good teammate. Nobody has negative things to say about him. At Spartanburg Day, they said this guy was a big history nerd. He had a teacher that had a specialty course at Spartanburg Day that out of the 500 or so students there, only 10 kids enrolled in. One of them was Zion because he was interested in poetry and story writing and apparently was a very good poet, very good at writing poems. People wouldn't think that because we don't know much about Zion. It's impossible for him, for us really, to pigeonhole him on and off the floor. We tried to do it last summer. We tried to do it during the season, in the preseason. Oh, this guy's nothing more than a dunker. Oh, this guy can't shoot. Oh, this guy can't go off the dribble. Oh, he's just a dunker. Just dunking on prep school kids or dunking on high school kids at Spartanburg Day. All these white kids, what are you going to do? Zion might be a bit overrated. He's nothing more than a dunker. The season starts. We learn. Actually, we learned it in Canada. There was more to Zion than that. During the season. Ah, he can only go left. That was the narrative going into that first Virginia game at Cameron. Ah, he can only go left. Force him to go right and he's going to have problems. Then Jay Huff gets yammed on with the right-handed slam. One of his biggest dunks of the year. He should leave school. Duke is providing nothing for him. Prepare for the NBA draft. Zion told us all along, I'm not leaving my teammates at Duke. I came here to play for the Blue Devils. I came here to play for Mike Krzyzewski. I'm not going to let these guys down. There was no question for Zion whether he was going to come back. So it's impossible to pigeonhole him from a basketball perspective, but even as a person too, he might be the most beloved Duke player ever. He might be that. It's either him or Grant Hill. 336-777-1600. You could tweet the show at Sports Hub Triad. Desmond Johnson's taking your calls at 777-1600. Is that the complete list? Grant Hill, Zion Williamson, anybody you care to add in terms of nationally beloved Duke Blue Devils? Yeah, that's it. There, there are no other ones. Um, I think the level of hatred for Duke across the country kind of supersedes that. And it's different for those two because Grant Hill, he was a four-year guy. You know, like he won people over by by his play over the four years where he never really took on the persona of Christian Leitner and Bobby Hurley and those guys. There was a reason why people didn't like them. There isn't a college player that got more attention in four years than Zion got in just one. I can't think of a guy in recent memory, at least, who got more attention in four years than Zion got in this one. Well, those guys don't stay four years anymore. I would say, honestly, I haven't really 
seen a buzz towards a player like this in general since LeBron James. Like, I mean, there really hasn't been someone who has, well, there's been people that have had hype coming out of high school, uh, maybe similar to Zion's, because Zion's hype coming out of high school wasn't where it is right now. But what he's been able to do, and LeBron is the only other person I can think of that's been able to do it, but Zion's been able to do it in a social media age. LeBron came in 03 right before social media really began, so you didn't have to deal with that. He grew up in it. That's what's amazing and interesting about what I'm talking about here. He's not just a basketball player. We don't know the interest he has outside the sports. We, we just know that he's bright enough to have them. We don't know exactly what they might be. We don't know a lot about who Zion is in the social media age. In the social media age where everybody has a phone and everybody's trying to build their brand, air quote. Everybody's trying to get screen time. Everybody's trying to grab attention. Zion is pushing it away. And I think that's something worth noting. You are listening to The Drive, broadcast live from the law offices of Timothy D. Wellborn Studios. My name is Josh Cramp. So glad you're along with us. However, and wherever you are listening, in addition to that, the drive brought to you by our friends at Twin Peaks Restaurant at Twin Peaks, Haynes Ball Boulevard in Winston-Salem. I'm not sure if you've been keeping up with the UEFA Champions League, but a lot of stuff happening there. Come kick it with Twin Peaks for the UEFA Champions League semifinals leading up to the final game on June 1st. Who you got? Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Brant Wilkerson New will be with us a little bit later on in the hour. ACC basketball and football writer had a chance to meet with John Swafford earlier in the week. We'll see what Swaff had to say about an assortment of different subjects. We're in the midst of the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs as well. We'll get to the Hurricanes in a bit, but I want to talk NBA basketball because up next, the most underrated player in the NBA who also might be one of the top five guys you'd want to start a franchise with and build a team around right now. Keep it here on The Drive. I'm not a doer or a thinker. I'm more of a talker. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham, the The Sports Sports Hub, at AM 600, AM 920. The Carolina Hurricanes will open up the Eastern Conference Finals with the Boston Bruins tomorrow night. I still haven't quite figured out how I'm going to watch this game after throwing the first pitch out at the Winston-Salem Dash game tomorrow night. We'll have Dash Baseball right here on the Sports Hub. And you're welcome to come to BB&T Ballpark tomorrow and cheer me or heckle me. I'm still getting a lot of messages on Twitter from people saying I need to throw from the mound. Stan Cotton is sending me Clint Eastwood gifts. People are saying you need to dig your foot into the rubber. I'm sure pitchers and the grounds crew would love that. So yes, tomorrow's going to be a big day. But before we get to the X's and O's of Hurricanes, Bruins, what this represents, who has the edge, all of that stuff, I'm more interested in talking about Tom Dundon, the Carolina Hurricanes owner. Rod Brindamore, he is... He deserves so much credit for the way the Canes have turned things around. But Tom Dundon did something that I think is just as incredible. He's made the Carolina Hurricanes cool. Even when the Hurricanes were in the Stanley Cup in 2006 or in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2009, people followed, but it is cool to follow the Carolina Hurricanes right now. They they started being cool before the Canes starting started winning too. That's why I believe this isn't just about winning hockey games. Rick Bunnell was on the David Glenn show earlier today out of Charlotte. He said, "I've heard more people talk about the Carolina Hurricanes in Charlotte in this in the state of North Carolina right now than even when they won the Stanley Cup." There is a bigger buzz right now. Ron Rivera is going to games and he's revving the siren. Tom Dundon's bringing in heavy hitters to do the sirens, and it's become an event. Ron Rivera, a guest on today's show, by the way. It started becoming cool before the Canes started winning. Do you realize that Carolina was under 500 at the very end of December? Right around New Year's, they were under 500. But even though they were under 500, 
They still had the storm surge, which led to the bunch of jerks rant from Don Cherry, which led to the t-shirts that have been sold out for months and months and months and months. The in, the in arena experience is a lot better. See, I grew up going to these games. I enjoy hockey. But the first time I went to a Canes game this year, it was the first or second home game. I knew things were different. Whether it was where the Storm Squad cheerleaders were displaced and what kind of videos were put on the big board or the type of music that was played, Hayes Permar brought up a good point to us from Sports Channel 8. They got rid of the organ. No organ player. Instead, you got a DJ. A DJ that's stationed right behind the goal. DJ Mr. Ills. And that guy, every single song he plays is perfect. And, and, and the environment is fun. That stuff matters. And then that all boils into the winning two. It all boils into this tweet from Pierre Lebrun, who's one of the premier hockey reporters for ESPN. Here's what he tweeted out yesterday. Impact of Carolina's dream season. A year ago at this time, the Canes had sold $500,000 in new ticket business for the following season. A source says as of yesterday, the Canes had sold $3.6 million in new ticket business for next year. Not renewals, new business. That is something. $3.6 million versus $500,000. It's not just winning. It's making something cool. It's not a one or two month thing here. It's, I want to come back and be a part of this. Which is a lot different than the other previous playoff runs that we've seen. Consistency is the next step. So you have this growth, and that matters. And the success has helped with the Hamilton, the Pig, and other fun things as well, and continuing to badger Don Cherry. We all enjoy that. But the thing that this franchise has lacked the most is consistency when you have a roster that you feel like can contend. The Hurricanes, they have been to the playoffs, counting this year, six times. Only once have they made the playoffs back-to-back years. 2000-2001, 2001-2002. The last four times the Hurricanes have made the postseason, they're efficient. They at least make it as far as the Eastern Conference Final. So in that sense, we're a little spoiled. But we're not spoiled because the, Kane has, the Canes haven't been to the playoffs in 10 years. And they've only been to the playoffs in back-to-back seasons one time. But the infrastructure is different now. You have a different ownership base. You have a different front office. You have a different roster. You have the youngest roster in the league. Then you add Nino Niederreiter at the break. That's big. And you have Rod Brindamore, who is already a legend in your franchise. His number's retired. It's in the rafters. He's a first-year, first-time head coach. So this team is built to be good for years, plural. And you have to follow up wherever this ends. Whether it's a Stanley Cup title or getting swept by the Bruins, wherever this ends next year, it is so paramount for the Hurricanes to follow it up and at least get back to the postseason. But bringing it back to Tom Dundon, he defied a lot of criticism. It's so easy to forget about that now. But Tom Dundon, some of the decisions he he was making last year, being a new owner in the NHL, He ruffled some feathers. He got rid of a legend in Ron Francis. Took him out of the front office as the general manager. So you replace a team legend with Dom Waddell, who the most prominent thing he's ever done in the NHL was move a hockey team from the South elsewhere. He was the GM of the Atlanta Thrashers who went on to be the Winnipeg Jets. So if you're a Hurricanes fan and you see that's the guy who's running your front office in hockey operations, you it, that is something you should be concerned about at the time. Turned out to be a good hire. There were reports that the Hurricanes were offering a job or offering in terms of salary for the general manager position, a position that 
people in the NHL are paid millions of dollars to fulfill. Uh, to fulfill. 250000 That was according to Jeff O'Neill, former Hurricanes great, who railed against Tom Dundon saying, you're being unprofessional, you're not doing things the right way. But he's a business person. He's trying to capitalize on what he has. He's trying to make sure the value of things are correct. Elias Lindholm apparently wanted too much. Noah Hannafin, defenseman, not going to resign with us unless he gets a certain amount. Okay, we'll trade you away. Here comes Dougie Hamilton. Turned out to be a really good trade for Carolina. Chuck Caton. Oh, Tom Dundon, what are you doing getting rid of a legend in the radio booth? Been here since the beginning in 1979. Only 900 people on average listen to the radio broadcast. And we have John Forsland, who's so good on television. Yeah, let's just do the simulcast. And guess what? There hasn't been that many people complaining about that. Tom Dundon's a great business person. He understands how to make things cool. How to market things like Don Cherry taking shots at your team. And like Hamilton the pig. And he is pressing all the right buttons. And he's defied all the doubters to make the Carolina Hurricanes cool. So while everyone's just going to point to the success as to why Pierre Lebrun's number is what it is. Going from 500000 in new ticket business a year ago to $3.6 million in new ticket business for next year. The Canes started to become cool before they started winning. The winning has helped, but Tom Dundon deserves a hell of a lot of credit. Yes, Dad. I would agree with everything you just said. And as an outside uh, sports fan, but not really a hockey fan, kind of looking in on this phenomenon over the course of the year, they've been on the fringe of my uh, peripheral all season long. Not enough to get you to watch them. Not really, but that's not really their fault. I'm just not a big hockey guy. So, I mean. You need to get but, there, man. We need to, you need to get you to watch some of these games. Yeah, we'll see. But, Tomorrow I mean, night, I will, Easter Conference Finals, game one. I will say that what they have done this year, I feel like, and I have this issue with baseball, too, where I feel like it's not for me. Like, they, they haven't done things to make me want to be a part of it, and I'm not going to go out of my way to be a part of something that doesn't want me involved. So, I haven't really done a lot of baseball the past decade or hockey ever really but this hurricanes team it feels like they have they have bucked the norms and traditions of hockey and they're trying to attract a younger audience which is something that baseball is having an issue with right now it's something that nascar's having an issue with right now and it feels like the hurricanes have kind of cracked the code that other hockey teams have not been able to crack because now i am interested i am paying attention to them they're more. fun they're good they're accessible they're progressive. They're, they're young. They yet. get it, and they have a pig. That does helps, help, too. does help to have the pig. Hamilton the pig does help. Yeah. And then they have John Isner and Ron Rivera and all these people who want to be a part of it. That came at, that came later, like oh, you said. Did. Yeah, that came Oh, it did. And I'm interested to see who's next. I talked to Tom Dundon about this. I said, hey, man, you need to get Zion. That's what I told him in the locker room. I said, you need to get Zion. That's what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think people – listen – He's the only Blue Devil player you could put on that scoreboard saying, let's go Canes, that everyone in that building, the home of NC State, would lose it. And they did. That needs to happen. Get Cam Newton there. Get whoever you need. Kemba. They already got Devontae Graham. I guess they can get Kemba too, but here's the thing. Kemba, Kemba's a, Kemba, that's true, but Kemba's also a free agent. So That would be a good, good uh, telltale sign there. there. There's that. Yeah. There's that too. Who wins an all-ACC football coach pickup game in hoops? Brant Wilkerson News in here, and we'll discuss that next. Come on! Let's go! You're on The Drive with Josh Graham, The The Sports Sports Hub, at AM 600, AM 920. This is ACC legend Drake. Brant Wilkerson New joins us live in studio now from the Greensboro News and Record. Drake was hanging out with Dabo Sweeney last night. And you know who hated that the most? Clemson fans. Yeah, the dynasty is over, officially. We look at the curses. How many teams has Drake cursed over the years? Kentucky basketball. He did it to Conor McGregor. He wore the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs jersey recently, and they're they're out of the playoffs very quickly. The Raptors, of course. And I think he did it to Alabama. I think he was hanging out with Alabama before they got waxed by Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. That is correct. So not a great look, but what was a great look, before the Raptors 
came out onto the floor and started taking care of business against the Sixers. Dabo Sweeney was taking care of business. He had a Clemson dry fit on, and he was getting some shots up, and man, it was a clean stroke. And the jumper was wet. He had a pump fake in there. It looks like he was a pretty good basketball player. In fact, I will go as far to say Dabo Sweeney is the best basketball player among ACC football coaches. Is there anybody you'd care to nominate up against Dabo Sweeney? Because I can't think of somebody who has the type of grit and the type of jumper I saw last night. The guy the guy deserves some credit, and I think he's the best ACC football coach playing basketball. Brant, who comes to mind for you? Um, I think Scott Satterfield up at Louisville, our good friend from Boone, App State. I know he got a little pickup run up in Boone occasionally. I think he, he's been a pretty good athlete for a very long time. So I think he could he could give him a little run. Willie Taggart, uh, Manny Diaz. Uh, your, Willie Taggart has to prove it. Hashtag do something. Manny Diaz as your defensive stopper. Ooh, I think Man, Manny Diaz. I like his energy. Um, good flexibility. That would be a great guy to put at the at the three or the four depending on how tall he is. See how tall Manny Diaz is for me quickly. Dave Clawson strikes me as one of those guys that's kind of got the old man YMCA game. Like He's going to show up in some 80s, like really high-top converse and just drop elbow jumpers on you all day. <laughs> but also, he, he he can provide some energy as a six-man, I think. Yeah, a little scrappy. I think energy. Dave Clawson coming off the bench would provide that Dave, six-man. Dave, Dave Clawson's a really smart guy. He's probably the kind of guy that tries to get you to play zone in a pickup game. Guys, I I, come on, we're losing. <laughs> Guys, why why aren't we switching? Uh, yes, does Manny Diaz is forty five years old. Uh, How tall is Manny Diaz? Uh, that might take a little bit more digging. Um, what about Dave Dorn? Because mm. he's forty seven, so he's still probably pretty. He's very fit. round. Dave, is he? Dave Dorn is the guy that takes the game way too seriously and yes. m- might injure somebody. Going you to the you don't want him in a pickup game. That's ah. not the guy you want. See the enforcer? Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> he just... the, the same things that make him a great basketball coach would probably make him not the guy you want to play pickup with. 336-777-1600. <laughs> Give me the best ACC football coach in a basketball pickup game in honor of Dabo Sweeney. Here's my starting five. Here's who I got. Starting point guard, Dabo Sweeney. My two guard is Scott Satterfield. Dino Babers is my three from Syracuse. That guy's got ability there. Number four, Manny Diaz. I think he's he could be physical, your defensive stopper. Guy who can reject some entry passes in the paint. And I really feel like my center is going to be a star. Steve Adazio. Just guys being dudes. What's yeah. better than that? <laughs> I mean, what position is better for a dude than center? A tough dude. A strong dude. Rim protector. Enforcer. enforcer. Steve Adazio just has a bunch of dudes. He's a dude himself. And then Dave Clawson will be my sixth man. No Justin Fuente. He already transferred. Mm. Fuente, he, he's, a, he's a show horse. Like his uh, like his players, he transferred from your team early. That's right. He's in the portal. He's in the portal. I'm interested in what Ron Rivera's game looks like. Ron Rivera will be with us on today's show. Let's do this with the NFL. It is interesting how many coaches in the NFL or how many teams you don't know who their coach is. <laughs> like, Des, if I asked you who the coach of the Miami Dolphins is, could you tell me? They just hired a guy. Oh, um, well, yes. And he... Didn't he cry during the press conference or something? When it surprised Oh, no. He, he had the weird the eye thing coach. going on. No, that, that's, Adam, that's Adam Gase. Oh. Yeah, he cried when he got hired by the Jets. Uh, Correct. He's the coach of the Jets. Yeah, I don't care about the Dolphins. Offensive really coordinator from the, the Patriots. I think his name's Brian Flores. Brian Flores. Brian Flores. Who's the head coach of the Bears, Des? Oh. Um, oh, my gosh. Um, that's, I think, the reaction to most of these coaches we miss, do. It's the off Like, if we do the Titans... <laughs> Titans made the playoffs, didn't they? Or no, they were on the outside looking in. But do you know who the coach of the Titans is? The Giants? Nope. 14 NFL coaches 
have been hired since the start of last season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, or well, starting that last was right. their first season so, or this literally one? almost yeah. all so those can guys we, you ask are so new coaches, can right? we, So can we play this game with NFL coaches when nobody knows who half the people are? If Anthony Lynn came into the studio and kissed Brant on the mouth. No, I know. You wouldn't know who Anthony Lynn is. I, I know who Anthony Lynn is. I would just know that he really liked me in my work. <laughs> no, I do know who Anthony Lynn is. Who's Anthony Lynn? He's the head coach of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. There you go. The Los Angeles. He's one of the, you nailed it. Yeah, and he's one of the few Gosh. black. He's one of the few black head coaches in the entire league. I know who yes, he is. Yes, he is. Did, did Jason Garrett play basketball? I feel like he did play basketball. Jason Garrett. He was a great athlete. He seems like he'd day. be like a male cheerleader on the side. There's three like, coaches. Seem like he would play. There, I, I don't know. How, how would you? Assess Ron Rivera's game. What do you think that would look like? Just straight rebounding, boxing out, grit, the glue guy. Pounding. He's not, he's not really a point scorer. Going to keep pounding? Yeah. Just, you know, just down there causing a ruckus in the paint. Mm. Here are the three names I'm interested in. Let's go one by one. These are guys I think would be good. Cliff Kingsbury. Good at what? Just basketball in general? Are you just going to name all the all the really hot coaches? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sense a trend forming. <laughs> it's going to be Sean Cliff, McVay. Yeah, you're, you're going to name all of the attractive young men coaching football teams. <laughs> I mean, how Andy Reid? Ooh, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah the Andy, hottest. That, that guy. Andy's that working guy, concessions. That guy's a snack. Andy's working concessions. He's not. A, he's a smorgasbord. Yeah, he's so he's a buffet. <laughs> how about Doug Peterson? How old is Doug Peterson? I mean, he Probably was in his 50s. NFL he, quarterback. He was on NFL 2K4. Yeah, that's true. Wow. He was. He was a backup for the Packers on that game. So he's got a little athletic ability in him. He played professional football, so stands to reason he could play a little pickup basketball, right? Yep. So Cliff Kingsbury, I think, would be good. He's young. Another too. former quarterback, young guy. I feel like he'd do some driving, handle the basketball a little bit. And he's tall, too. He's like, Probably. He's he like played six, quarterback. Five, six, six, something like that. And, and he'd look good playing the part. Doug Peterson. How about Mike Vrabel? That's the coach of the Titans, by the way. Mike Vrabel. A lot of Patriots guys out here right now. Um, he seems like a Rivera type, too. Have we Just, named another Patriots? Oh, the, the I guess Brian the, Flores. Yeah. Uh, it seems like he would be in the paint throwing elbows, almost like a Rick Mahorn type of game. Wow. You know, just not doesn't really give a damn about scoring. He's just out there <laughs> to punch you in the face. You know, he's got six fouls, and he's going to use them all. Buzz City writes in, Dave Clawson can ball. Ask anyone at Wake Forest. Wow. Next, th- next time we have Dave Clawson on, we'll figure out what his basketball game looks That's like. That's a good question. He's probably out there doing sky hooks on everybody. Uh, Brant writes for the Greensboro News and Record, if I haven't already pointed that out. You can follow him on Twitter at Brant, B-R-A-N-T, G-N-R on Twitter. You had a chance to meet with John Swafford earlier this week, the ACC commissioner. What was the highlight of your conversation with Ninja Swath. It was uh, our annual AP Sports Editors meeting, um, and the ACC was kind enough to host us over at their offices, which are magnificent. <laughs> Those ESPN checks be cash and good. Um, so <laughs> it was um, – we had a, a whole hour with the commissioner, and obviously the, the kind of big thing on his mind is the same thing that's been on his mind for the past several years, and it's the network, and the network is coming up uh, – we're coming up right on, on two months here, and – um, we've got the ACC baseball tournament's kind of the last big event between here and there. And uh, according to uh, the commissioner, everything is on schedule, if not slightly ahead of schedule with the network. They're, they feel really good about the distribution deals that they have in place already with the satellite and cable carriers. And they expect that, the, you know, there's going to be some amount of back and forth when it comes down to getting on the air with your spectrums and your other systems. Cause that's just kind of how it goes in the, in the TV business where it goes down to the wire and somebody threatens somebody with taking somebody off the air and this, that, and the other. But uh, Swafford was quite optimistic about getting themselves uh, on it on every carrier basically, because the reason that they wanted to do this with ESPN is because of the leverage that ESPN and Disney have in the market to make those sorts of things happen. And, it's going to launch a little bit later on this summer, August the 1st, correct? 22nd. Or the 22nd, excuse yes. me. August the 22nd, the ACC Network's going to launch, and there's a lot of programming that we've already discussed with the ACC Network. You bring up the baseball tournament in Durham coming up. Looks like after 2020, there's going to be a new home for the ACC baseball tournament. A lot of that having to do with rules in place with AAA baseball ballparks now. 
in minor league baseball. So who would you guess off the top of your head would be a front runner or give me just a couple cities you think might be fits for the ACC baseball tournament when it moves in a few years? Man, right uh, right here in Greensboro, just a, a great ballpark right down the uh, road a little bit from the home office. Uh, Hit up Joymongers and walk across the street. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. It's, it's been there before. Um, got Winston-Salem's an option. And then uh, I've, I, I heard, you know, in the past that Myrtle Beach was under consideration. And that's an intriguing option. Put it down there, Myrtle Beach, this time of year. You're going to get all your, your high school kids graduating, ACC uh ACC baseball tournament and like bike week all at the same time. So what more could you want? When Jim Beheim comes to Greensboro next week, he's speaking in Greensboro. I'm interested what he thinks about the ACC baseball tournament being in Greensboro. We'll have to ask him. Get his thoughts on that. Value, no value. See, See what the value is of having the ACC baseball tournament in Greensboro. On top of that, I think it's Dan Lebetard who who said that Doug Peterson looks like Myrtle Beach. <laughs> So I can't think of a better way (laughs) to tie up that segment. Just Google Doug Peterson and think Myrtle Beach. Hold on. We'll see. We'll see Daz's reaction in real time. Myrtle Beach has given us given us so much. I know. There's that that could go a number of ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can. It's up for interpretation. It's art. You are listening to WSJS Winston Salem, WCOG Greensboro, WPCM Burlington, and WMFR High Point. All those signals making up the Triad Sports Hub. This is the Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. A little bit of Bee Gees bringing us back. As we get set to do our top 10 list this week, it is my top 10 Bees. The Boston Bruins otherwise go as the Bees. So during the commercial break, Desmond Johnson, intern Aaron, Brant Wilkerson New from the Greensboro News and Record who's hanging out in studio, pensively are thinking what might be on the list or might be a good B for this top 10 list themselves. You could send in your submissions on Twitter at Sports Hub Triad. Do you have any idea where we might be headed here, Des? I literally have zero clue on this one. Nothing written down. No, because I I, I probably need to hear the first one to kind of get an idea of where you're going, and then Uh, I'll be able to fill in the blanks. Right, right. I I feel very good about this, honey, uh, this this top ten list. I think there's only one list you've never, that you didn't feel good about. And I was right not to feel good about it. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Two weeks ago, it wasn't wasn't a good list at all, and... and You, You put your heart in it, though. I did. That's all that matters. Top ten... Bees, Dez, hit the music. Wow, baby! Woo! Do you like listen to this like at home? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you pull the up this mu- music? Like, gets mm, me every time when you have like a lady over or something. Like, hold on, baby. Hey, set up. Hey, set Seattle. up the bath water after hey. you show her your slice <laughs> of pizza. <laughs> hey, Seattle. Hey, Seattle. Play Got my drive. top 10 list Play here. drive. Top 10, Alexa. <laughs> Number 10 on my list. Top 10 Bs. Cardi B. Okay. Okay. Brant Wilkerson knew who's doing radio. Signaled to me the and one sign. <laughs> As if Wait, anyone would be the, able to hear that. Count it. I was going to say, give me, uh, give me uh, Marv uh, Aaron real quick. Oh, <laughs> give me the list. Yes, Anvil Foul. <laughs> he has a really good. It's we so have good. a lot of good impressions on the show. Really quickly, give me the Marv Albert one more time. Anvil Foul. Des, give me some of your fake Doc Rivers. That can't be a foul. Unless LeBron was the one that did it. I mean, he's the only person out there just playing. He's playing all five positions. I'm Doc Rivers. Number nine on my list. Top ten Bs. Let it be. The song? What else would it be? Just checking. I don't know what else it would be. <laughs> Let it be. That's my favorite Beatles song. I know it's cheesy to say. Really? I know it's cheesy. So, so the last one was your favorite one. Yeah. Well, second to last. The Beatles are overrated. Whoa. Come on, man. Whoa. Why, why are you doing this? What are this? you doing? Every time Brant comes in here, he has controversial <laughs> he does. bleep to say. <laughs> these, these, uh, these Max Kellerman takes he's coming in here with. He's coming in here with hot 
Well, Max fire. Kellerman was right about the Kawhi stuff. What? Oh, no. He what? actually was. What, he's more clutch than Kobe? Well, I don't know about clutch. Maybe that was the wrong word. That was the that was the question. That was that was the quote <laughs> that he said. He said that he's doing things that Kobe never did, and he's actually right. He's doing things that Kobe never did. But that wasn't what they asked him. <laughs> number eight. My number eight B. How did we turn the Beatles into Kobe Bryant? BB mm-hmm. King. Hmm. Well done. Well, Girl's gone. Well done. Number seven. My number seven B. B ball. B ball. Weak sauce. <laughs> Playing some B ball. Basketball. What did you just give up on that one? Oh, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that sounds kind of lazy. That's what we called it as kids. We just go out, play a little B ball. Heck, no, that's no. what that's what Will Smith calls it. Play no. a little B ball after school. No one talks that way. No I, one I walks did. around saying, "Hey, man, you want to play some B ball down Will, at the uh, Will down Smith the rec? and Fresh Prince did. <laughs> Nobody. Come on. <laughs> I had I had the word written like out that? in full, like a real person. <laughs> Who talks like this? Go play some b-ball. Not like a, a sitcom. Isn't that the family? lyric in Fresh Prince's theme song? Yeah, playing some b-ball right after school. But I mean, who says that? Just Will Smith, and Fresh Prince. He's the only person, and he was doing it in song format. Also, I think that's a pretty good one. It also <laughs> should be noted that Will Smith isn't exactly the best rap reference. Yeah. Well, I wasn't looking for the best rap reference. <laughs> he He's a somebody. He nobody talks like that except for Fresh Prince in the damn theme song. <laughs> Noted hip hop star Will Smith says. <laughs> he says that's what all the kids are saying. Number six. <laughs> my number six B. Aunt B. Literally the only B I've written down so far. Aunt B belongs on the list. I was going to say, she's kind of low, right? I mean, you're in North Carolina. You can go give Aunt B some shine. Wait, is it a- is Aunt B? Aunt is how the word's pronounced. Aunt. Aunt. Where are you from? You. you are in North Carolina, dude. You're you're from here. Aunt B. <laughs> how do you, what do you, how, do you have aunts? Put this on a Twitter poll. Do you say pecan <laughs> also? Put this on a Twitter poll. Intern Aaron. <laughs> how do you pronounce A-U-N-T? Aunt or aunt? Aunt. I know how it's supposed to be pronounced. Spell it out. Yeah. Spell it phonetically. <laughs> and we'll let the public decide on this on Twitter at Sports Hub Triad. Do all three of us outside of Josh all say ant instead of aunt? Ant. Ant. Do you say pecan instead of pecan? <laughs> Betty says salmon. I say pecan. <laughs> okay. Salmon. Salmon. You say salmon? Salmon. See? Kinda, yeah, he kind of melted the two together. Number five. <laughs> My number five B. Beyonce. Wondering when she was going to show up. Queen B. Beehive's no. not on this list. The Beehive. Don't let them know. But Beyonce, definitely on the list. Probably going to be upset that she's number five. Actually, should the Beehive been on here instead of Beyonce? Number four. My number four B. World be free. Ooh. Look at you. He played here, if I'm not mistaken. He did. He played North Carolina. Yes, he did. World be free. Mm. Number three, my number three B, Plan B. That's going to get two. <laughs> Silence from the studio. Now, now you see why Aunt B <laughs> is at number six. I value my job. I'm not going to say a word. <laughs> Just total complete silence from the studio. <laughs> but approval. <laughs> yes. Number two. <laughs> my number two B. The honeybees. Pretty obvious choice. I didn't think it was going to make it because of that, but I what was did wrong. they call the dance team when it was the Bobcats? What were they called? I think they were the Lady Bobcats. Right. No, the Lady Cats. I think something. I think the were they cats. the Lady Cats? Top Cats, something like that. No, the Top Cats are the Panthers that, cheerleaders. Nah. I think it was Lady Bobcats, wasn't it? Nobody. I don't think it would noticed. be that long. The Lady Bobcats. It would have to be the Lady Cats. I don't even remember them having ladies. Oh, oh Bob Johnson revolutionized. <laughs> The on-floor lady booty shaker at NBA games. It'll be on his tombstone. And it should be. It should be. That guy changed the game. Are we looking this up? I actually want to know. I don't want to do anything else until I find out what the names of these Bobcat dance team members were. The Bobbies? 
No. <laughs> no, they were the lady cats. <laughs> they were the lady cats. Officially. Thank you. Lady cats. Number one. Number one on my list. Top ten bees. Wait, you're at number one? Yes. All right. Are you not following along? I felt like you were like three. My yeah. number one bee is Bee Rabbit. You know, from 8 Mile, Eminem, Bee Rabbit. Yeah, I actually never seen that movie. What? He deserves the X for that. He does kind of. Aaron, uh, you've never watched 8 Mile before. All I know from 8 Mile is like Mom's Spaghetti. <laughs> it's like the first like five seconds of the movie. All I know <laughs> is Mom's Spaghetti. That's it. An, actual, an excellent contribution. Dude, you need to watch 8 Mile. Eh. You'll have more appreciation of Eminem. That was when he was at the peak of his superhero powers. 2002. Brian writes in Michael B. Jordan. Ooh. Rutherford B. Hayes. Nah. Nah. What about the Bee Gees? Yeah, you did have We were playing the Bee Gees yeah. coming into they, the segment. They probably should have been on the list, maybe. B+. Plus? Nobody likes a B+. Plus. What else do you have? What What should have been on the list? Uh, Brian Wilkerson knew. BQ? Mm. Bee's Barbecue is my favorite joint in the state, but I figured enough people wouldn't know Bee's Barbecue, but I want to give them a shout-out. Bee's Barbecue, if you're in the eastern part of the state and you want to be taken care of, that place in Sam Jones, best places in the state. Where where in the state? Greenville. (laughs) Greenville, gotcha. Greenville, America. (laughs) You can find Bee's Barbecue. What else do you got, Brent? Bath Bombs. What? What? (laughs) What's with a bee? Oh, okay. Mm. Sure, start with B. I'm not, I didn't go all the way in on the, the B thing. Follow the rules, Brent. Yeah, the killer bees. I was not given <laughs> rules. Of the, the killer bear. bees were on the outside. They're loose. They they change each week. When you um, think killer bees, who come to mind? The tag team. Wu-Tang. You think the tag team. Yeah. You think Wu Tang. Oh yeah, it's a good too. Bobby Benilla and Barry Bonds. Oh. I also think about <laughs> Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, oh, yeah. Antonio Brown. I also think about the Astros with Berkman and. Bagwell and Biggio. A lot of killer bees. How about the bees' knees? I have bees in the trap. Wow. Okay. B-O-B. Now you're you're, you're starting to warm up here. Spelling bees. See? Oh, gosh. Johnny B. Good. Oh, man. Nice. (laughs) U-B-40. I guess. U-S-B. Oh, well. Everyone loves a good U-S-B port. We all love a good USB port. Uh, port. Not a port. But a port. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> On that note. Well, uh, in my not following the rules, I also had Britney Spears on the list. Uh, my Thank first you. love. So you just went for things that started with the letter B. Yeah, yeah. I, I was not given any formal rules here. There, there, there are, are no formal there's rules. There's like wacky wordplay involved and a little bit of uh, deceit. Uh, like I put Jim Baker on the list because he's my all-time <laughs> favorite grifter. Jim Baker. Yeah, the, the preacher. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Somebody <laughs> I mean, he that. really pulled one over on. I've got 99 <laughs> problems, but a B ain't one. Sean writes in in North Carolina. We say, aunt, ants crawl around. The Spice Girls hit wannabe. I bet that I dude's that not originally TLC. from North Carolina. I bet he's an uh, implant from like. Philly or New York or something. At Sports Hub, try it on Twitter. 336-777-1600. See if we can get that Twitter poll out there. Ant, ant or aunt. <laughs> Vote on that. At Sports Hub, try it. 336-777-1600. Up next, why we should encourage, uh, be encouraged, and also disappointed about creativity in the entertainment business nowadays. This is The Drive. Oh, look who's back. This is The Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. We're playing many different games at one time here. I did my top 10 Bs. With the hurricane set to face the Boston Bruins, who go by the bees, getting a lot of submissions for things that didn't make the list. On top of that, there's a Twitter poll. How do you pronounce the word that's spelled A-U-N-T? 
Is it aunt or aunt? 76% of the Twitter poll at Sports Hub Triad says aunt, which leads to me getting this text. Ant is a word used to describe insects that live in dirt. Des, how do you pronounce the word? How do you pronounce haunted house? Haunted house? Um, what was that supposed to prove? <laughs> like, I don't understand. I think what he's saying is A-U-N-T is in the word <clears throat> haunt, and you don't say hant. Okay. Not, that's not how the English this, language works. Okay, but this this is the thing. It's not like people in the South or in this area don't know that the word is actually pronounced aunt. Right. We know it's pronounced aunt. We just don't give a flip. That's right. You scared me there. <laughs> yeah, almost, but not quite. <laughs> yeah, it's our dialect. I understand that. When I went to Colorado to do sports talk radio, do some play-by-play, I got a phone call from an angry listener at 6.15 in the morning, right after I was doing one of them ag reports. Talking about what heifers are out there that you can purchase. You like saying in it. Ray, Colorado. Wait, what? Yeah. You, you had to do heifer reports? Yeah, there was an ag report, agriculture report, talking about what kind of heifers were on the market. Can we get like a 10-second, like, like I, I wish I'm, I so, could, I'm so I wish, curious about this. <laughs> I wish I could dig up some of it. Did they have background music? Yes. Oh, nice. Oh, we got oh, to do this one day. We got to find one of this. these? Yes, absolutely. Got to do this heifer report. <laughs> It's I'm not called. It, it's um. <laughs> that was the affectionate term for it around. The let's studio. just call yeah. it the heifer report. The heifer report. The same way that people give, like, the Nasdaq and all of that, they were giving hef like an ag report to tell us what was on sale that particular day. It was an ag community. It was a twenty four hundred person town. Like, where were you? The middle of Colorado, man. I was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> wow. So when people say, "Oh yeah, the triad." That's uh, a that's a smaller area. Some people, someone told me the other day, yeah, smaller market. Are you kidding me? I'll tell you what small is. Ray, Colorado. That's small. <laughs> you don't know where that is. Twenty four hundred people. But anyway, I digress. The first few weeks I was on the air there, I get an angry phone call, six fifteen in the morning, and they're saying you're saying the name of our state wrong. I'm like Colorado. No. Yes. That that's how it's said. It's Colorado. It's Colorado. Colorado. That just sounds like they're doing too much. Sounds like a Dorito flavor. <laughs> New Colorado Doritos. It's on Colorado Doritos. That that's a true story. Angry phone caller. Six fifteen in the morning. Colorado. I mean, I'm I'm used to it a little bit because my, my wife, Jennifer, she's her her family, her mom's side of the family is from Cleveland. So up north, they say things differently than we do here. Like here, we call soda, soda. Up there, they call it pop. And they will fight you if you call it anything else but pop. Oh, it drives We can me get into the dialects of many things. One thing I, all, I inherited for about six months after leaving Colorado. <laughs> one thing I, I inherited <laughs> was you betcha. Every time... Kind of like Fargo. See. Every time, rather than saying thank you, you betcha is what came out of my mouth for th- about six months. I think of Sarah Palin whenever I hear that. Man, that's rough. It's Midwest. You betcha. Yeah, that's like <laughs> that's like peak caucasity right there. <laughs> you betcha. You want to go play some b-ball <laughs> in Colorado? You betcha. You betcha. I mean, I've got so many stories from Colorado, some that you wouldn't care to hear, some that are pretty incredible. Like, it was in Ray, Colorado, 40 miles south of a town called Holyoke. Name of the town, Holyoke. They had a team. I was doing prep. I was doing high school play-by-play. I was preparing to do play-by-play for the Holyoke Dragons. So what's the first thing you do? You try to figure out why they're called the Holyoke Dragons. You want to know what I found out? They're called the Holyoke Dragons because the founder of the school happened to be a Grand Dragon in the KKK. Oh, my. Right. Where Did it change you? the name? <laughs> Middle of nowhere, Colorado. Not a lot of Afrocentric anything in in Colorado. That was actually going to be this my was question. reported. And no, don't think I, I I heard this from somebody and then just reported. No, it's in the Denver Post. It's it, I mean it's known. It's public consumption. You can find out about that place in Colorado. That's where I was. Middle of nowhere. Out of those twenty four people, twenty four hundred, twenty four hundred people that lived in that town, 
How many black people did you come across? Ooh. That lived in the town? Yeah. Zero. That passed through? <laughs> Maybe one or two. Wow. Sounds like one of those towns that passed through quickly. Sounds like a... Um, that's Jordan, where I live. Like the start of a Jordan Peele movie. So that's one of the things that's going on here. Another game that we're playing, we had Ron Rivera on the show about an hour ago. If you missed that, you can find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. We had a lot of fun with Ron Rivera. We didn't talk much football with him because he wanted to talk about the Hurricanes. He was psyched to talk about the Hurricanes. But I saw this story and saw video of Dabo Sweeney last night, Clemson uh, football coach, playing basketball in Toronto. He's hanging out with Drake. Not a great sign for the Clemson Tigers, considering the the curses and the hexes he's put on Kentucky basketball, Alabama football, and other programs and teams, including the Toronto Raptors, who he loves so much. But... There's Dabo Sweeney getting shots up, and he's got a wet jumper. He had a pump fake. He he was making shots, and I was impressed by that. So we were talking about ACC football coaches that would do best in basketball. If we're talking about a pickup game, that led us to the NFL, where we arrived at a place we thought Cliff Kingsbury, Doug Peterson, and Mike Vrabel would do pretty well if it was a pickup basketball game. My starting five for ACC football coaches playing hoops, Dabo the one feels good at the point guard spot. Can handle the ball. He showed that last night. Scott Satterfield, I know, has it in him. Now at Louisville, our friend from App State formerly. Have him at the two. Dino Babers the three. I feel like he can pop some shots and he can he can drive some backdoor cutting from Dino Babers. Manny Diaz... He's shredded. He's young. He'd be a good defensive stopper in the post to flex some entry passes. And then the perfect five, the perfect center, Steve Adazio. The dude, Steve Adazio. Just a bunch of dudes. Dave Clawson would be the best sixth man. Brant Wilkerson knew, said he had great old man game. He thought he did. He'd come in there and just give you buckets. But I think high energy guy. Going to bring some energy. Great sixth man coming off the bench. Apparently, via the text and Twitter, a lot of people were convinced that Dave Clawson can get it done on the basketball floor. He must be going to like the, um, if you've ever been at Wake Forest campus and driven around, there's like a um, like a gym they have. It's like two floors. You can kind of see it from the, the roundabout as you're going. He must be in there just tearing dudes up, like just I can all see the time, it. just serving them. I could see it. How tall is Dave Clawson? Not that tall. So he's one of them little. He's one of them short, feisty guys that you get at the Y. This is always around maybe your five foot ten, five foot ten, maybe oh, five. That's actually five not, nine, five that's nine. Not short at all. <laughs> it's not actually, that you asked me how tall he was. Yeah, that's not tall. Well, you said he's not. He's not very tall. That's almost six foot. He's not very tall. I stand by what I just said. He's taller than you. No, I'm six foot. Hmm. Who would win between you and him? If Coach Clausen's listening to this, <laughs> just know I'd take you down. <laughs> Folks at Wake, if you want to set it up, a, I'm there for it. Oh, I'm there. Totally there for that. Dave Clausen and me one-on-one on a basketball floor? Is this horse or like one-on-one? Like uh, straight up? Whatever he prefers. Uh, that's, there you go. You know, they used if, to have if a they're thing, listening uh, from Wake, I'm down. I'll do one-on-one with Dave Clausen. Whatever have. he wants. Half court, full court. They used to have this thing back in the day. Actually, when, I'm not sure about full court. When, uh, yeah, Half that court. might be too much. But uh, when the Cosby Show was on. Not the 21. We would, we'll play to 11. This is something we would call a challenge. This yes. Is, this is a challenge. <laughs> I I'm, see I'm here for the challenge. Let's blow this up. I want to see this. We will. Yes. Let's do this. All right. We'll do a remote. All right. <laughs> Let me know. You know my info. You know how to reach me. Man, he's. Uh, we'll make it happen. He's uh, He's intense. I don't know. Uh. He seems like the type that would trash talk, Gosh, too. <laughs> I got the first pitch tomorrow at the Winston-Salem Dash. Confident about that. Confident about my basketball game. There's no reason to be confident about either of those things. <laughs> but I have confidence in myself. I believe in myself. It's going to be like three months from now. We're going to forget this conversation even happened. You're going to be interviewing Dave Clawson, <laughs> and he's going to confront you. <laughs> he's gonna com- That's exactly how this is going to go. Josh. So, uh, 
Little Josh. Bert told me. Little Bert told me that you could take me down, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. Speaking of the dash, we have a four-pack of tickets to give away for Winston-Salem Dash Baseball. Weren't we supposed to talk about Zion? Des, how bummed are you that we're not talking about Zion right now? I mean, I'll be okay. All right. I'll be all right. I'll try to console Des as he takes phone calls to try and make you a winner. A four-pack of tickets, Carolina play on Friday night. Ooh, Friday night, 336-777-1600. Free hot dogs, free burgers, and you get to bring three of your friends. Carolina plan tickets as the Winston-Salem Dash face, the Lynchburg Hillcats. We're making you a winner next on The Drive.